0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com.
1: While you remain standing in reverence of reading the Word of the Lord for just a moment longer, returning to the book of Revelation chapter 5 the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation I'm going to read from verse number 9 Revelation chapter 5 verse number 9 chapters 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation is a scene that takes place in heaven we're introduced to worshipers there in both the fourth and the fifth chapter in the fifth chapter the Revelator writes concerning what he's seen in his vision that these worshipers sung a new song. And this was the lyrics of their new song. They sung, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. And this is the reason he's worthy. Thou wast slain. And hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. By your work of redemption, you've made us unto our God. Kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. I preach for a few moments this morning from this subject, the cause celebration, the cause of celebration. Would you ask the Lord to help us today? Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, in the next little while that you'd help us in the breaking of the bread of life. Dear God, that your word, God, would be indeed that two-edged sword, God, that pierces into our spirit. We're asking you, Lord, today that we would receive your word by faith, do a great work In the next few moments, in Jesus' precious name we pray, would you lift your voice and hands and just magnify him one more time. Give the Lord high praise and adoration and glory across this building. I thank you today, Lord. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Everyone likes a good celebration, a moment of festivity, joyfulness, and a merry atmosphere. Those celebrations are caused as we mark special events in our lives or the lives of friends and acquaintances, whether that's a birthday or an anniversary or some holiday, we enjoy celebrating those moments it has been said that life should not only be lived life should be celebrated some folks just live life other folks have discovered that life is not just something you live but life is something you celebrate every day in fact I believe the Lord felt that it was important that we celebrate Mark very particular and important days and he kind of sets a a system in place in the Old Testament in Israel's coming out of Egypt and across the wilderness and into the promised land and as they made their journey he established to them what was known as feast days those feast days were attached to dates on the calendar, in which that each year they celebrated those moments commemorating them, whether it was in the springtime with with uh, with Passover or whether it was uh, uh, with the unleavened bread, they celebrated their exodus from Egypt and their entrance into the promised land, or whether they were celebrating the first fruits, that first first sheaf of grain that was taken from the field, or whether they celebrated Pentecost, which was the conclusion of their harvest after it had all been brought in. In the fall of the year, he would tie dates to particular feast days, the Feast of the Trumpets, in which that he called them from their work and from their labor, and he called them into a place of worship, or the Day of Atonement, calling them to a moment of cleansing, or the Day of Tabernacles, the Feast to booths in which that they would move from their homes and they would set themselves up in just little booths outside to remind themselves that they once did not live where they live now and God had blessed them and had brought them a mighty, mighty long way. I believe that there are particular things that are very, very important to celebrate. In fact, in my in my book, inbox yesterday, while, while looking at this particular subject, my email opened up, and I had an email from, I don't know who or where it came from, but I had an email in my inbox that said, Happy Birthday, Orange Chicken, July the 15th. I don't know if any of you knew it, but yesterday was Orange Chicken Day. It was the day to celebrate orange chicken. Somewhere, I don't know where it came from, I don't know how it got there, but somebody thought that July the 15th was an important day to celebrate that delicacy called orange chicken. Now, I personally like Donut Day, but uh, yesterday was Orange Chicken Day. You know, there, 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 ought to be, there ought to be dates on our calendar that trigger moments of celebration in our life. I've got some dates on my calendar that as they roll around, they cause me to take a moment to just rejoice a little bit. January the 2nd will always trigger a moment of celebration because that was the day I received the Holy Ghost for the very first time and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And so on January the 2nd, I will always pause for a moment of celebration. There's another date that always comes up on the calendar that causes me to pause. It's March the 3rd. March the 3rd is the day that my wife had her final chemo treatment, and from that time to this, um, 15, 16 years later, she has been and remained cancer-free. So I always celebrate on March the 3rd. It just triggers that moment. March the 14th is another day that, that causes me to celebrate. It's not only the birth date of my oldest son, that we celebrate but it is the day that on that day I carried a miracle out of the delivery room in which the doctor said it would be medically impossible for us to ever have children in our homes and not only do I celebrate now the 37th birthday or so I've lost track uh, of of my eldest son but I celebrate that's the day the Lord said uh, the doctor don't always know what he's talking about and he's able to provide a miracle I celebrate that on March the 14th I celebrate on June the 6th not just only this past June 6th the 42nd anniversary of my wife and I but I celebrate on that day that God gave me the best thing that I've ever received in all my life outside of the gift of the Holy Ghost on January the 2nd or on June the 6th January the 2nd was the Holy Ghost, June the 6th was the next best thing in Iola, Illinois when God gave to me my wonderful wife. I celebrate on December the 10th, I can't cross that day because on that day I am reminded that as I went careening across the Menian on the Cimarron Turnpike, head on into the, the grill of a Peterbilt semi that God spared my wife and I's life and that 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 six-month-old baby that she was carrying in her womb. He spared us that day and gave us a wonderful miracle and victory. There ought to be dates on our calendar that causes us to pause and just celebrate a little bit about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you read in the book of Esther, it's a remarkable book of God's miraculous hand in which that God saved the nation of Israel from the wicked plotting of a man by the name of Haman who had decided that he wanted to destroy all of the Jews and God used Esther, now the queen to the king of Persia to bring about a great deliverance and scripture tells us that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation that on the 14th and the 15th day yearly this is to be observed and they called it Purim because that the casting of the lots had been against the nation of Israel but God had intervened and give to them a victory. So in the month of Adar on the 14th and the 15th the nation of Israel celebrates that God Turn what was meant for evil into something that was marvelous. Now this is the question that I ask this congregation on this Sunday morning. Are there any dates on your calendar that causes you to celebrate and give God praise and adoration for what He's done? Don't you dare let those dates go by. Don't you dare let those dates pass up. Don't you dare just let it be another day. But as those dates come around... I don't care how many years ago it is. You ought to rise to the occasion. Lift your voice. Raise your hands. Raise your face toward the Lord. And give God a little praise for what God has done. Now every celebration needs a song. Every celebration needs more than just a a passing glance. Every celebration just needs more than, oh yeah, on that day, or oh yes, on that moment, but every celebration needs some. Real emphasis and there's nothing better to put that emphasis there than a song that expresses your feeling about what you are celebrating. I find it interesting that in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis we read about a man by the name of Jubal and his descendants who scripture tells us was the inventor of the harp and the organ. There we find that music was invented but there was no song Recorded with that harp and that organ. You don't find a song until you get to the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus. When that song comes as a result of the miraculous deliverance of Israel through the Red Sea. When in the 14th chapter it is recorded that Moses stood with his rod outstretched over the sea. And God blew with an east wind all night long and divided that sea and dried it up and the nation of Israel walked across the next morning on dry land and the Egyptian army sought to follow them and when they got on the other side God just let the water go and He drowned the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea and by that time it was more than a harp and an organ all they had was a tambourine and Miriam gets her tambourine and a choir is formed and the Bible says in Exodus 15 and 1 then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord saying I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse is and his rider he hath thrown into the sea. You see, to have a song, you need to have something that causes the song. To have a song to express your feeling, you need some kind of deliverance. But when God provides a miracle, it brings more than just the wave of the hand. It brings more than just the nod of the head. But it brings something from the depths of the soul that begins to sing of the glorious wonder that God has done. Now I need to ask another question of this congregation. Has God done something so impactful for you that it can prompt a song in your spirit that you can lift your voice and sing unto the Lord? But I give to you for your consideration that in the fifth chapter, of the book of Acts or the book of Revelation, there is some qualifications put on this song. Scripture tells us in our text this morning that they sung a new song. A new song. Now, that doesn't mean a song that had never been sung, it's not new in the fact that it's never existed. It's not new in the fact that it's never come off of the lips across the tongue, but it's new in the fact that it's fresh with fresh feeling, fresh emotion. There is fresh expression. It's not just merely sung, but it's felt. It's just not merely said. But it comes from the innermost being, they sung a new song unto the Lord. Now this is the problem with celebrations, is that that date just keeps rolling around, and it just keeps rolling around, and it just keeps rolling around. And if you're not careful, the date may get a nod, but the date doesn't get a song. The date may get a little expression, but it doesn't get any real feeling. We might utter a word or two about it, but there's no new feeling inside of us. Now, I have another question for this congregation, and it's simply this. Has our song got old? Has our song lost its feeling? Has our song lost its emotion? Are we just singing the words but not putting any feeling in it? Are we just saying the lyrics but not putting any expression behind it? They sung a new song. Now, can I just pause for a moment to tell you the Bible says his compassions are, they're what? They're what? They're new. His compassions are what? They're new every morning. It doesn't mean those compassions have never existed. It just means they are fresh for that day. They are brand new for that moment. They're just as alive that day as they've ever been before. Now if His compassions are new, every morning should not our song be new and fresh? Every time we celebrate the goodness and the greatness and the miracles and the power of Almighty God. Does anybody recall Psalms 149 and verse number 1? ye the Lord sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of His saints I can't ever let it get old I got to sing a new song to the Lord of what He's done, how He's answered, how He's provided, how He's supplied, how He's made a way, how He's brought me out, how He's brought me through. Does anybody have a new song of praise here today? Got a new song, fresh song. It's fresh. I can't get over it. I sing it with a brand new feeling of expression. When you get to that fifth chapter of the book of Revelation, it is indeed a scene of worship around the throne of God. Twenty-four elders that represents the fullness of God, the completeness of all that God has done. Twenty-four elders find themselves now prostrate, Before the Lamb of God. And scripture says they are singing a new song. Now hold on just a moment. Because if these 24 elders are now surrounding the throne. And they represent the fullness of God. The completion of His church now is around that throne. And they are prostrate before God and they are worshiping the Lamb of God you have to understand what has just unfolded in their life to because to be here there had to be a rapture That means this group has just been raptured. They have just been taken out in the twinkling of an eye. And they have just been brought into this heavenly setting before the throne room of God. Does anybody understand what happens at the moment of the rapture? When the rapture happens, Scripture says it's going to take place in the twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye, Scripture says we're going to be changed from mortality to immortality. From corruption to incorruption. And in that moment, we're going to take on a brand new body. Now just take a moment now and look at your body now if you're fairly young you may might say it's the perfect specimen of a body but if you got a little age on you you might say oh Lord help this body just take a moment some of you don't need to look you feel now can you can you just imagine that moment of rapture, that twinkling of an eye, you've been caught up to meet the Lord in the air. You're now around the throne. You got a brand new body. You got a brand new body. Can anybody just do this a little bit? Come on now. Come on. These guys over here are kicking it up over their heads. Come on now. Come on. Just, just do this a little bit now. Okay? Some of you said that hurts. I can't. You just, you just do that a little bit. But in that moment of rapture, in that moment of rapture, this brand new body, just think for a moment. Just think, your day's coming. Just think for a moment. That that leg isn't gonna hurt when you do that anymore. Huh? Just think for a moment that 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 shoulder is, is gonna just just go up. Huh? In, 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 that, in that moment, that, that neck is just gonna turn. And from one moment to the next, can anybody imagine it now? Can anybody imagine it now in the twinkling of an eye? Just, just in a split second, I'm going from earth to heaven. And I'm now in this celestial place with a brand new body. I'm in the celestial place where suddenly it what what whatever has happened now there's no more tears there's no more pain there's no more death there's no more crying I mean this body is suddenly is suddenly 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 it's gonna it's gonna feel good and can can you imagine in that moment when you pass from here to there and you get this sudden awakening. I'm here. Woo! Ah! Oh, I'm here! I'm here! I'm here! <laughs> yeah! I'm here! I don't have pain anymore. I don't have sickness anymore. I don't hurt anymore. Ah! <laughs> Can anybody imagine how you're gonna feel? Come on now. Come on. You can't do it like you will do it, but why don't you just try a little bit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to be in a brand new body. Hmm? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it's going to feel like? But now, look very closely at Revelation chapter 5. Because the scene of these translated people, raptured, that have now been brought into this new environment with a new body. There's not one thing said about the body being free of pain. There's not one thing said about the body being free of hurts and aches and a new life. There isn't even any allusion to the fact that there's been this moment of transformation that has taken place in this translation from earth to heaven. Rather, in that first few fleeting moments after the rapture, in those first few fleeting moments after this movement from earth. To heaven. This moment where life and pain and death and sorrow and all of this has dropped off. The first thing that crossed this, this group of worshipers' mind is Scripture says in Revelation 5 and 9 that they sung a new song saying, Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. To God by thy blood. Because the very first thing they celebrate when they get to heaven is not a new body. I like that song. I wish I could sing it right now. Praise God I'm going to have a new body. Praise God, I'm going to have a new life. Now that's what I sing here. But when I get over there, the first thing I sing is not the new body and not the new life. The first thing I sing, the first thing that brings my rejoicing is I have been redeemed. (laughs) Woo! The first thing... That comes out of my mouth. It's not that I can move my fingers. It's not that I can kick my leg. It's not I no longer hurt. It's not that I no longer cry and weep. But it's thank God. I'm redeemed. Because redemption now. When I get on the other side. Becomes the greatest expression. And the cause for rejoicing that can ever be is that I have been redeemed. You understand, redemption ought to be at the top of the list of things we rejoice over and things we shout about and things we magnify God over. Oh yeah, it ought to be at the top of the list. You know why we lack celebration here? It's because our celebration is only tied to what we want God to do. At the moment. And not what he's done. In our soul. That's why our rejoicing. Rise takes, takes the vicissitudes. You like that word? The vicissitudes of life. It, it, it takes the rise and fall. One moment we're here. In our rejoicing. And the next minute we're here. Because we predicate our celebration on the moment's experience and not on what He's done for my soul. So if I haven't got any new miracle, my celebration is pretty low. And if I haven't got any new answers to prayer and new provisions of late, I'm going to Drag my celebration out, even if I even get to squeak any out. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just let it kind of coast along because that my celebration is tied to what I feel in the moment. And we ought to prioritize today and sell ourselves that redemption is the number one thing to celebrate about. That's why the psalmist writes in Psalms 103 and verse number one. When he says, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Somebody say it with me now. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Somebody help me now. All that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now watch, watch. We're going to prioritize now. What's at the top of the list that the psalmist puts in verse number 3? He says it like this. Who forgiveth. He said, I'm going to bless the Lord now. I'm going to bless the Lord for all of His benefits. But I'm going to prioritize what my benefits are. Who forgiveth all thine. Iniquities. For the greatest thing you and I have to celebrate is the fact that He reached His hand down in the miry clay and He pulled us out, and He forgave us of our sins, and He washed us and He cleansed us. It ought to be at the top of the list. Thank God for every time He healed my body. But oh, friend, if anything ought to cause me to celebrate is I am a forgiven. I said, I am a forgiven. I said, I'm a forgiven soul. Come on, you got to prioritize now. What causes my celebration? It's redemption. He's redeemed me. Now we'll go on down the list. Who healeth all my diseases? We'll get it in there. We'll get it in there. But at the top, it's forgiveth all of my iniquities. Verse 4, he says, uh, who redeemeth my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Thank you every day for keeping me and holding me. But at the top of the list, he's forgiven me of all of mine iniquities. Uh, verse 5, he satisfieth my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed uh, like an eagle. But at the top of the list I'm going to to thank God for redemption you see when it seems that we lack physical things you got every right to lift your voice and celebrate when it appears that you're lacking earth's treasures when it appears that you have nothing to hold on to in this present world There's always redemption, and there ought to be a reason why that you celebrate it. It ought to be the fact that I am a redeemed life. That's why Psalms 107 and verse two says, "Let the redeemed, let them do what, let them do what, let them do what." Let them say so. I wonder, here this morning, I'm asking you a lot of questions, but I need a little help now. I wonder if there's any redeemed in the house. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. I may have come in on little gas, but I'm redeemed. I may not have much in the pantry, but I'm redeemed. I may not have got my healing, but I'm redeemed. I may be in suffering. There may be all kinds of hurt going on, but I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord. In fact, if you want to take care of life's problems, life's difficulties, just start praising Him for redemption. Look at Psalms 51 or Isaiah 51, verse number 11. He says, Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return. Watch now. They're going to come with singing unto Zion. Everlasting joy is going to be on their head. Watch. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Watch. Watch. And sorrow and mourning... When the redeemed come praising him for redemption, mourning and sorrow flee away. Uh, honey, uh, mourning and sorrow don't go just because you get a full plate and a full bank account. Mourning and joy flees away. When you start praising him, I am redeemed. Uh, I am redeemed. Uh, I am redeemed. Does anybody believe it this morning uh, that I am redeemed by love divine? Uh, glory, glory, Christ is mine all to Him I now resigned I have been redeemed somebody declare your redemption in the house right now oh I can't get over it I said I can't get over it but now watch this scene in Revelation chapter 5 it's not just redemption. It's not just redemption. Because it's very possible, it's very possible to acknowledge redemption without acknowledging the process by which redemption comes. Sometimes we can shout about redemption and forget the process by which redemption came. And you gotta remember the who and the what of redemption to really celebrate. You see, if you ever separate the work of Calvary from Him who hung on Calvary. See, some of us have been redeemed so long that we forget what it took to redeem us. Some of us have had those sins washed away so long. We forget that there was a process by which redemption came. You understand that redemption, redemption is not just this little certificate that I get. It's not just this little certificate that I get. And I hang it up here on my wall. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And we can point to the little certificate on the wall that I'm redeemed. And we can forget. The who and the what of redemption. Because you understand what makes redemption so precious. It's the who and the what. It's the process by which it came. And if I forget the process and I only revel over the experience itself, I'll soon die in my celebration. I have to connect the who and the what to the redemptive process. And does anybody understand? You didn't get there on your own. You didn't get there by yourself. You didn't just walk into redemption. You wasn't born into redemption. You just didn't get redemption off of a pew. You didn't arrive at redemption. Because you rubbed shoulders with somebody redeemed. There is a process. That brought us. To redemption. That's why Revelation 5 and 9 says. They sung a new song saying. Thou art worthy to take the book. To open the seals thereof. For thou what? Thou, thou. Redemption's always got a person. Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us too. God. They were rejoicing that the work of Christ was a work of mediation. That sin had, so has anybody ever forgot that it was sin that separated us from God? It is sin that put us out of fellowship with God. It was sin that separated us from any kind of communication with God. And nothing we did on our own because all of our rags, our righteousness, As filthy rags, nothing we could do could ever bridge the gap between us and God. But oh, I thank today my good God of heaven that He provided a mediator and He said, Thou hast redeemed us. God, Does anybody remember 1 Timothy 2 and 5? There is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. And it's only through the sacrificial work of Calvary that you and I have any hope of redemption. You take away the cross. We can't be redeemed. I said you take away what He did on Calvary. I can't come to God. The only way I get there is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that's why 2nd Corinthians 5 and 18 says all things are of God who hath reconciled us He's reconciled us unto Himself. He's bridged the gap. He's brought us unto Himself by Jesus Christ, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. It was the work, that's what Calvary is. It's the work of reconciliation, it's the work of mediation, it's the work of restoring my fellowship with God. So today I can enter into the throne room of Christ boldly. And I can make my needs known unto Him. You want to know why I'm singing a new song? You want to know why I'm celebrating? I'm redeemed by Christ divine. But it's not just the who. It's the what. They said in Revelation 5 and 9, thou wast slain. You've redeemed us to God. This is the process now. By thy blood. The only way you and I stand redeemed is by the atoning work of Calvary. The blood that he spilt. For without the shedding of blood, says Hebrews, there is no remission of sins. The only way my sins are blotted out is because of His blood. And it couldn't be just the blood of anybody. And it couldn't just be the blood of any lamb. And it couldn't just be the blood of any sacrifice. It had to be the blood of a spotless lamb of God. Isaac asked Abraham on his way up the mountain. He said, "Where?" is the lamb and John introduced him in John 129 and said behold the lamb of god that taketh away the sin of the world and now you and I rise to the occasion and we say worthy is the Lamb because with the precious blood of Christ as of a Lamb without blemish and without spot He has redeemed us we are not redeemed by corruptible things of silver and gold but only by the precious blood of Jesus if it had not been from the blood the blood that came from Emmanuel's our sins would remain but because of that blood I am washed I am cleansed I am made whole has anybody been redeemed you see what prompts celebration is the fact that I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ He's atoned for my sins and the greatest thing that causes me to lift my hands and throw my head back as I'm redeemed, Lord. I'll never forget it. She disturbed me. She frustrated me. In fact, I'll just be particularly honest. She aggravated me. I wanted, if I hadn't been a guest speaker in another pulpit, I know what I would have done. I would have told her, sit down. You are distracting. You are messing everybody up. She walked around that sanctuary. Her legs were twisted, her knees were bent. Her arms were pulled up and she labored to walk. And she did it from the time service started until service ended. And why she did it, big old tears rolled down her cheeks. And she just stumbled. I lived with it the first night of the revival, and I thought, well, surely it's a one-night deal, but the second night, and that's when we had every night of the week, and the second night, she did it, and I thought, surely I don't have to live with this distraction every night. Surely one night she'll miss or surely one night she'll stay home. But she's distracting to me. Finally I got up the courage to ask the pastor, what's with the woman that stumbles around the sanctuary? Then I had to repent. Because the story was this that as a young lady, she had severe MS. Body twisted, turned, crooked, bent. And she gave her heart to God. She turned her life to the Lord. And God miraculously, miraculously, Straighten the limbs out. He said, Brother Borders, her body became completely whole. Brand new. He said, but it wasn't long after she had that moment that she wasn't faithful. She began to turn her heart back the world and began to turn her mind away from God. He said, and it wasn't long until she had went out of church and began to re-engage in her old world. And he said, that horrible disease came back on her. He said, we watched as her arms again began to draw and twist, and her legs begin to grow he said, It was not long ago that she came back and gave her heart to God. I talked with her later in the week. And she said, I don't care whether he ever straightens these limbs out or not. I don't care whether he ever makes me whole or not. She said, I'm just so glad and thankful. But the Lord has given me another chance at salvation. And from that moment forward, when she stumbled around that building, I had a whole new perspective because redemption is the greatest thing to celebrate and worship God over. I may never get, I may never get everything I want in this present life, but just to know the Lamb of God has washed away my sin. And I'm in fellowship with Him. It's the greatest thing in all the world. Somebody help me now. Worthy. Can I hear somebody say it? Worthy. Somebody say it now. Worthy is the Lamb. Somebody rise to your feet. Lift your voice. And would you begin to shout it across this building. Worthy. Where are they? they?
0: they? they? You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.